Tasmania Talks with Mike O'Loughlin, weekday mornings from 9. Tasmania Talks, talking tech with Trevor Long. And indeed a very good morning to Trevor Long from EFTM.com. Trev, good morning. Good morning to you, sir. I'm at, I'm, I've got to start. We've got to have a bit of a conversation. It's not going anywhere, this hacking. I know you've got a lot on your website about it as well. But I was reading two points, and I was, I'll, I'll quote from um, the Australian, two points are, are obvious from the ransomware attacks of Medibank and Optus. The first is that their cyber security was inadequate to keep out professional cyber criminals. The second yep. is that it would have been a lot cheaper and a less damaging for them to have paid the ransoms, because I didn't realise the ransom demands were reportedly, what, um, 10 million US for, for Medibank and a million from Optus. Medibank went up a little bit. The estimated cost uh, to the hacked organisations for not paying the ransoms could be up to 140 million dollars each that's that's the and let's be clear that cost is really things like effect on stock price and those kind of things what let's be very clear the actual fines from the government here will probably be like two million bucks so it was ridiculous those businesses was uh, well let's just roll the dice on cyber security uh because we're only going to be fined two million bucks anyway um, will their share price recover? Probably. It's just going to roll on and be another business, isn't it? You know, um, the fact is that there was obviously holes in their cybersecurity, and there always will be. We should be very clear: it's impossible to guarantee that you are rock solid, ironclad. It's just never going to happen. But there are certainly things that could have been done better, and that's what needs to be learned, not just by these companies, but by everyone else. The attacker is clearly hell bent on getting that ransom because they. They said on Monday, we're going to release more information on Friday, depending on what happens on Wednesday. Now, mm. what they're referring to, we think, is the uh, Medibank AGM. Um, so it looks like they're watching with interest what Medibank is doing, literally at a business level. They won't be a, a ransom paid, and nor should there be. Um, the biggest risk right now, we've got to kind of move on from the hack, and we've got to understand what should the government be doing going forward, and most importantly, how do we protect the victims? And the victims are 9.7 million people, Um we need to make sure that people understand that there will be ransom demands made of them. People mm. will receive emails that say, I've got your health data from Medibank. Um, here's your customer number if you want me to prove it. Pay me a 1000 bucks, or I'm going to release your health information to your employer. We need to let people know that, firstly, don't pay the ransom. That's not going to stop them. Yeah, Secondly, good, yeah good point. Even Sorry, if on. they did have the information, that, what, what harm can it do? You know, if they if they put it somewhere, how's your employer going to find it? Even if they've got your employer's email address, your employer is not going to sack you because they obtained your health record. You know, we need to, as a country, kind of support that. And mm. we need to say to ourselves, we're not going to treat people differently, uh, think differently of people because we've heard or seen their health data. It's not going to get published in Australia. The newspapers aren't going to run your health record. Nah. So minimise the fear in people which takes away the likelihood of any ransom being paid, and these scum don't get any money from us. That's what, we, that's what we've got to aim for. It's interesting reading on EFTM.com too that uh, uh, you've got a great story on it. Of course, uh, the, uh, they confirmed that the hacker likely to be Russian, uh, and yeah. they believe they know which individuals are responsible but aren't naming them. Wouldn't you want to name them and say, right, let's go after them? Or, or, uh, Russia doesn't seem to want to be able to uh, assist us at this stage. I think that's the issue. Now, to be clear, Russia has assisted Interpol and organisations around the world before. In 2021, uh, a bunch of people were arrested, in fact, from this same, uh, broadly the same gang of of, uh, ransom criminals. But if we have this information today, do we really all think that the likelihood is Russia's going to help again? In fact, maybe Russia released those people from prison. Who knows? 
um, given everything that's going on in the world, we'll never know. And so the Australian Federal Police believe they know who it is. That's great. I don't know that they're ever going to catch them. If they do, awesome. But that's all irrelevant to the average Joe because it doesn't stop the scams from coming and yes. it doesn't change the fact that the data's gone on the horse's vault. And then, of course, there's more, more info coming out that um, Optus sub-brands like Amazim and all... Uh, look. All of that. And then I was reading again that Apple uh, could be collecting data from customers even though they've turned off analytics uh, sharing. I mean, so it's it's just out there. We've just got to be so aware now. Look, our data is out there. If, you, if you're complaining about data usage, I hope you're not on Google or Facebook because they know more about you than anyone. So let's be real. Uh, our, you know, our broad data is out there, but we should be able to protect things like our health data and our identity data. That I think we should be uh, assured of. Can't agree more. Let's uh, move on to, um, to to Twitter, which is imploding, as you say, with Elon Musk. I, I didn't realise he was, um, well, I'll just put it honestly, as nutty as a fruitcake. Yep, that's what he is. Um, he's, he's eccentric, I think, is the best way to describe him. Oh, he's you're so, genius, you're so pleasant. <laughs> he, he, he strikes me as a genius, but he clearly has no people skills or management skills. He's walked into Twitter, sacked a bunch of executives. Then he's called a town hall meeting and told everyone they have to work from the business, otherwise no more work from home, see you later, or, or you're sacked. Um, bunch of people have left. He's losing people the hand over fist. He's making changes without due process, including the verification system. Now, the blue mm. tick system on Twitter was made to make it clear who was real and who was fake. Uh, you know, the real CNN versus the real Joe Biden. You know, we want people to be able to know who's respected. On the weekend, you could sign up for 12 bucks a month and get a blue tick. I did this. I, I tested on a burner account of mine. I created a new Carl Stefanovic, uh, uploaded a few photos, tweeted about the Today Show, mentioned that Trevor Long was awesome, and then paid 12 bucks and got myself a blue tick. Oh, no. They followed me back. It happened really, really easily. So bottom line is the impersonation is the problem for the, for the platform. And what's happening is it's going to continue. They had fake George Bush, they had fake businesses on the weekend. It's it's a real problem for the platform and I don't see it going away. Good heavens. Well, what will, I mean, people are now listening to that going, hang on, I'm on Twitter. Yeah. What are they going, and, and, what can they do? You know, I love the idea that people should be authenticated, but I believe what, I think that people should be charged $20 to verify themselves. So what that might be is, you know, paying for the time of someone on Twitter sitting on a Zoom call and you know, verifying your identity by looking at your driver's license or something, right? Because if everyone's names are validated on the internet, then what we end up with is an authentic conversation, an authentic town square. It sounds like a really exciting mm. place to debate, discuss, challenge ideas. But when anyone can be anyone, the whole thing is a waste of time. Good heavens, Trevor, uh, you put it so well. And uh, look, let's move on to something that um, I know my son's going to want, uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. But it's interesting, when, when I was going to EFTM.com and reading that, it was the biggest opening weekend of 2022. And it, we're not talking about movies as such. We always think, oh, what movie was that? Not so. That's right. If you go to a barbecue and you've got mates around and you want to run a great trivia question for them, ask them, in entertainment terms, what was the biggest a grossing opening weekend of 2022. They'll probably say Top Gun Maverick or they'll say Doctor Strange, great big movies of 2022. But both those movies combined don't come close to Call of Duty. $800 million in its opening three days. And that is a staggering amount of money. The biggest Call of Duty release ever. There have been many of them. 
it's a great game. It's obviously violent. It's a it's a war wartime game, yep. but it is hugely popular. And I think this number, the reason I talk about this, is to present to people that games aren't some little niche, you know, dark room thing. They are mainstream. They are played by hundreds of millions of people. And uh, you know, you, you've got to accept that uh, the entertainment industry is. Uh, just as big in gaming as it is in movies, if not bigger. Good heavens. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Now I know I get in for Christmas. Um, but <laughs> So, Trevor, I appreciate that. EFTM.com it is. Trevor, always a pleasure, mate. Talk uh, next week, same time. Cheers, mate. Talk to you then. Good to talk to you. Trevor Long from EFTM.com. Tasmania Talks with Mike O'Loughlin. Weekday mornings from 9.